We come into this world innocent and full of light. At some point, we find ourselves broken. This podcast explores the journey back to wholeness, back to yourself, and back to the light. My name is Gina, and this is The Healing Being. It's really interesting. I'm going to sound like I'm interviewing you now, if that's okay. <laughs> Go for um, it. As well. but, um, because it, I don't like to ever think in the terms of someone being um, further along necessarily, because I think it, it, it just reinforces that sense of separation or that, that there is some kind of journey. I mean, it's the it's, it's weird. Isn't it? It's why they call it the gateless gate, because uh, there's no real way of describing it. But from from your side of the fence as it were what does it how do you find it best to help people I guess like that's a I'm that is actually the question that I'm asking myself right now hmm. because in the past before this sort of so so I want to say is I've had a lot of different awakenings I'll say I, I've had many many moments of feeling one with with source before this last thing that happened and I had, you know, feelings of like complete moments of complete wholeness, complete oneness, just total bliss, like connections with others. And I was doing like women's circles and sound baths and tarot readings. And I still do kind of the sound baths and tarot readings, but like the way I was helping people before and was much more human. Mm-hmm. I was really helping people with their egos mm-hmm. without realizing it. Now that I see that, now, because I had this other, this, this, this latest awakening, I guess, or whatever it is that I had, it completely shifted my perspective completely. Because like you were saying earlier, the ex- experientially, like we, ex- once you experience it, then you kind of know it in a different way. Once I experienced this, everything changed. That's why I say I'm actually from another dimension. I'm not from here <laughs> because, because <laughs> I'm, because I'm completely different. And, uh, and now when I see people and their problems, I have a different perspective of what they're dealing with or what not they're not dealing with. Previously, I would be guiding people on things like, you know, their thoughts and like their actions and like, just slow down. And it was very, yeah, I was very human. I'm very centered around what people want and don't want based on their, their ego. I want this person in a relationship with me. I want this person to text me back, or I want this, uh, I want to lose weight or whatever these things are. And they were all related to fear. So my mindset now is, you know, helping people release the fear. So everything going on around you doesn't matter because that's not the root of it. Because once you address the root of it, all that bullshit around is gone. It doesn't matter. But as long as you've got that root, it doesn't matter how many times you chop that weed off, it's going to keep coming back. It's going to keep coming back. And the root could be that childhood trauma. It could be that whatever that fear is, that weird, you were saying in the other day, like maybe there is a fear of losing myself, a fear of death of some kind. And maybe it wasn't the death of losing your body. Maybe it's the death of losing your identity of who you believe you. we all think we are, which we're all making up anyway. <laughs> so you know, my, my course forward now that I'm attempting to do is I, I am, I'm saying part of this podcast is like, how do I help people now? What, because now that I have this new perspective, 
I have to approach it a different way. I have to use different language. I have to, the people who I would have worked with before, I won't, I wouldn't work with now, you know, because the people are in different spaces. So you talk about like, no, everyone's different. And it's not about being ahead or behind. It's not at all about like, oh, I'm more ahead or I know more. It's just different. It's just different. It's just like you look at a, a, a piece of fruit or food, you know, like you could have spaghetti or linguine, you know, I mean, like they're both good. What are you going to say? Like, they're different on their journey, but somebody might say, oh, no, no. I mean, linguine is way better than spaghetti. Linguine, I'll tell you, and they'll have all their opinions about why, but really they're just the same, you know? And I think we're all like that. And as humans, we're all in our different, you know, and maybe one is gourmet, sure. And you could say, oh, that's more expensive. It's more fancy, but really it's farmed the same way. It's grown the same way. It's all the same thing. So uh, yeah, getting people out of that comparison trap, the, but the comparison trap comes from fear. That's really all of it is just the the fear. And since I had this, this latest, you know, knowing, I guess, my capacity to see fear in others is skyrocketed. So I have been very hermity because I walk out the door and I just see fear everywhere I go. And I, as a helper, and like, I'm going to say empath, but I'm just a person who's, who is aware. I am not, I'm not struggling at all, but my capacity to withhold the, the messages, not so great. And I have multiple times said things to people out in public when I see their fear that, I mean, may or, I don't know if it's helpful or not, but I, I'm, I've got to not reel it in, but focus it. I got to focus it. I mean, just the other day I went to coffee and somebody's outside complaining about their, their cleaning up they're a worker there and they're picking up cups and they're talking about how there's so many cups out there and they're really visibly frustrated. And I like turned to her and I said, you know, they're just cups. It's okay. Everything's going to get picked up. Everything's going to be all right. And she looked at me just like, why are you telling me this? But I see it everywhere. And yeah, so my, my focus is now my, my focus is my focus. Where is it going? Is it going to be in like a coaching situation or YouTube videos or podcasts or talking to people or really just going out in the world. Cause sometimes that's all it is. You never know talking to a stranger, they could say something to you and it could change your life. And not that I'm going to be that person, but people have been that for me. I've had that experience, you know, and who knows? So how to help people. Um, it's how people um, want to be helped. You know how people are open, wherever people are open to be helped, I guess. And whatever that, that means. Yeah, I mean, I've often heard it described, which I never really got before, but I, I, I do get now. I'm not speaking to the person because the person doesn't exist. I'm speaking to awakeness, you know. And of course, you know, right at the beginning of the journey, it's like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, what does that even make any sense? Um, because I think the most confusing word, three-letter word in all of this is Y-O-U, is you. Because it's used interchangeably. It's like, on one hand, oh, by the way, you don't exist. Oh, by the way, you're everything. It's like, well, hang on, which one is it? <laughs> Either I don't exist or I'm everything. Either I'm a person going out helping people oh, yeah. or not, you know, and it, it's just, yeah. it's it's probably, I mean, it's it's part of the game, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because my mom and I go around and around with that all the time. She was very connected to the human experience and I love, I love my mom and she's a deep thinker too. And um, so we have a lot of conversations where we'll get in these round robins of the humanness 
And it's it's just that, you know, well, we're not human. Yes, we are. We are. You know, we're not. <laughs> it's like, what are we even doing? How, what is this? Where is this conversation going? Because we're just talking in circles. And we do that to ourselves, too, in our own mind. We talk ourselves in circles. And that's where you, and I'd say that awareness of that, it's okay to do that. When you stop and go, oh, look at this. <laughs> I'm talking to myself in circles. Or something's going on in my brain. And I've said this in some of my other videos. My My word is... Oh, interesting. And that's it. <laughs> oh, interesting. Like I'm watching a zoo. Look at that. Oh, wow. Interesting. And that's it. And then I'm like, then it's just let it go. Like observing it. Mm. So, cause this is very close to my heart um, as in childhood trauma. And you said about kind of helping people to, to really get to the root of that. So what, what kind of core advice would you, would you have, I guess? So I actually came up, I had a vision of like trauma processing. It was at night, I was like half dream, half awake kind of thing. And all of these steps just kind of like came to me. And I, that next day I wrote everything down. Part of what I was going to do this weekend is actually work on that workbook. I was going to do like a trauma workbook for people, you know, to kind of help people uncover those things. And I think that trauma is, it's a lot of grief you know, processing it. It's a lot of grief and it is cyclical and people forget people get stuck just like they do in grief. So the way that I was given the steps of how to process it, you know, it's like I said, it's not linear, but they're all essential. And I think what happens is people skip, skip things. They want it. They want to go to from discovery to letting go. (laughs) They don't want to do any of the middle stuff. Or they want to do discovery, figure it out. And then they want to let it go. And then they just always want to skip stuff but there's really no shortcuts and the when they say the only way out is through that's true it's a hundred thousand million percent it's true and you kind of once you start walking along that rickety bridge you got to get across it <laughs> and it's terrifying but it's a you know you can't you can't really turn turn back and I think that that's the when people start on this journey they start uncovering themselves and going in that's the biggest most terrifying serious thing is realizing you stepped on this bridge and it's not stable and you can't go back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. That's yeah. that's it. Yeah. 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 Like, Adashanti describes it as you put your head in the lion's mouth now. You know, you just got to wait for it to bite. Yeah. Because uh, there's, so- there's a whole thing of kind of doing and non-doing, isn't there as well? There's so many confusions, I think, with it all that kind of need to be cut through. One of my favorite uh, sayings is uh, Amit Goswami, who's got this thing. He says, doobie, doobie, do. And I love it because <laughs> I love saying doobie, doobie, do. And it's essentially in life, you know, you you do and then you be and mm. then you do and then you be and that's it. And most people are just doing, doing, do, 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 do. They don't stop to be. Mm. But if you alternate them and you mm. can do this in the moments, because I can sit there and write an email I'm doing, and then I'm going to stop for a minute. I'm just going to be for a sec. And it could even be two seconds. I'm just going to be for two seconds. I'm just going to be in, in the moment in my, in my, in this existence. You know, Mm. it's not like you have to make 20 minutes to meditate or 10 minutes to meditate. You just be in it alternately between doing. Mm. And it, and it just, it's a beautiful balance. And I I love it so Mm. much. (laughs) Yeah, that that's that's really really powerful actually. Francis Lucille, who's actually um, uh, what's his name, uh, Rupert Spears' teacher, 
um he describes it as kind of playing tennis and then yeah. you just take a break yes yeah just take a break. Match. and you know yeah. what everybody will say oh, i can't take a break i got too much shit to do oh no i gotta do this i gotta do that wait a minute blah blah, blah. but you don't realize how often you can, you do have two seconds even in the midst of everything you have two seconds you know and, um it's just a, mi- a mindful awareness in the moment no matter what's happening in the moment even if you got screaming kids and laundry and dishes and you're running around i mean you could take one second as you step out that door and get okay i'm here let's go that's all it takes it's all it takes is just that that moment to just come back to yourself come back to yourself and realize that you the you that you think you are is not the you that's that's experiencing it you're just you're just in it you know and yeah. it, it can be it can be funny at that time because when you stop for a second, especially especially in the midst of the craziness, it's <laughs> that much more powerful to see it all around mm-hmm. you. Like you said, when your mind is going, you just stop and you just see it. You're like watching a crazy train, and you go, "Huh, yeah. wow, this train is crazy." <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, <laughs> move time, keep going," you know. But you do you you just make sure you take that time to to pause, and the more yeah. you do that, the you know, the more it's going to flow and yeah. that's pause. Because I think there's that, that myth, isn't there, that people think that um, the mind's just going to stop and that'll be it, you know, you're, you're just going to live in a cave somewhere and, you know, I'll sit on a park bench like Art Tolly for six <laughs> months. But um, you're in life. Like, life yeah. is intense. It's full on. Um, yep. And you need your brain and your brain's going to be thinking, da 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 and you, you need the, and as, some sense of an image of yourself even though you know it's false because mm-hmm. that's how you navigate the world that's how you you, right. you know you make your way in the world it's an evolutionary trait but it's just seeing that that's not real <laughs> mm-hmm. as you thought it was and I think that for me is like one of the big things of seeing through the illusion it's like it doesn't mean it disappears it just means that you see it for what it is instead you know, the well, magician's still going to pull the rabbit out, you know. But. I guess instead of saying it's not real, because those words are tricky and triggery for yeah. people. Yeah. What, what if you said something like, this experience is real to me, you know? Yeah. This experience is real to me because it, it is an, a real experience to you in that moment. It's not mm. that it's, yes, sure, it's an illusion. It's a dream. It's not really you. But in that experiential moment, that is happening. And, it, and there it is like validating for yourself to say, while I am experiencing this moment in a very real way, I'm validating that, but I'm also validating that it is it is not my awareness. It is not like my core, I guess you could say. Like my core is not experiencing this. My, I guess, inner outer self now, right? My inner self is not experiencing this. My outer self is. It's like yeah. you're, you know, you put on a suit of armor and it gets all banged up. It's just your armor. You take it off. You're still fine underneath. Yeah. You're okay. Would you, um, would you describe that as uh, the way I kind of think about it? I guess is um, well, there's the change. There's the change for me that's always changing. Mm-hmm. It's constant thoughts coming and going, emotions coming and going, different sights and sounds coming and going, and then there's the unchanging, which is there watching it all kind of unfold. So it's yeah. like no matter what changes, yeah, there's always awareness of that change. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's like as simple, that's as simple as it gets. Mm. And that's kind of it. You just, I think people complicate it. Oh yeah, of course we do. We're human. (laughs) (laughs) 
we're human. It's impossible. I mean, it's almost impossible not to, you know, even yeah. every, every watching a podcast the other day, um, it's funny. It's all comes down to simplicity. And that was something we were talking about too, is that no matter how much we read into it, we analyze it, we think about it, we go in circles, we put meaning on it. It all, it all just comes down to just being, mm-hmm. just being in mm-hmm. it. <laughs> whatever it is just being in it That's... which i think is is worth saying is the opposite of seeking <laughs> well yeah it is yeah 100 percent. it's the opposite and that's the funny part is once you get once you have that understanding or that experience you just go oh my gosh it's so hilarious like it and i thought about this this morning so you know when you're when you lose something in your house you know and it's like you know your keys or whatever and you spend hours and hours oh man I lost my keys or your wallet or whatever it is and you're looking everywhere everywhere and you swear you have looked up and down all over the house everywhere and and you're like well I better order a new key I can't find my keys and then some somehow some way when you stop looking your keys are like on the table (laughs) and you're like I looked there a hundred times my keys were not there but there they are that's it that's how this works too it's the exact same way like when you relax and let go and back up it comes, it comes to you, it shows itself to you. So there's no need to look everywhere. And you know, it might be where you, where you already looked because you weren't, you were in a different vibration, right? Your vibration was like that seeking, that wanting, and that's not the vibration of love. It's the vibration of fear. Yeah. I'm broken. I'm lost. I, you know. Yeah. And any, any seeking is by definition activity. It's the activity of the mind, you know, um, in even watching videos and dare I say listening to podcasts you know can yeah. be really useful but I think there's a there's almost a way of watching them and a way of listening to them where you allow for that space of absorption is the probably the way mm. you're not looking for answers in it you're, you're genuinely open to what's what's being presented yeah because your mindset and your perspective is going to be a lot of how much you can take in or not take in or see or not see And another great example of this is, and I know I've experienced this, I'm sure other people have, where somebody tells you something and you hear something like a hundred times, you hear it. So everybody's telling you this thing and you've heard it a hundred million times, but one day somebody somewhere says it to you or you hear it and you go, oh, that's what they're talking about. And I, I call that the zone of convergence. It's being in the right place at the right time because you could have these lines crossing you a hundred times, but it's just, you weren't there yet. You weren't, you weren't there. And it doesn't mean you were behind or forward. You were just somewhere else crossing other lines, having other things happen. And I think this is another, that's another great way to describe this, this awareness thing, because it could come to you a hundred times, but until you're in that place where you're ready and you're open and you're available to hear it. And I'd say ready, but I don't even know if ready is the right word. Then it comes to you and yeah you get it that that is that to me is the non-doing because there's nothing you can do to put yourself into that place of convergence you don't know when it's going to happen who's going to say what or whatever and that is truly going well I have no control over that whatsoever so all I can do is be (laughs) yep that's it yeah and then and then unfortunately that doesn't help people's egos because they're Mm. very very you know motivated and driven by needing to feel like you said important you know i'm needing to feel like they're quote unquote somebody and the irony is everybody 
is somebody it's so cheesy but we I mean we are because and but we don't know it yet mm-hmm. or we do and we're not realizing it because it's mm-hmm. always there it's just that uncovering you know peeling the onions sitting back and not waiting just just being because it's it's there you know just yeah but yeah. you might as well because that's where you're going to end up anyway. So right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't force are, it, really, and you so. know you can't force it either. You can't sit there and pretend. Yeah. And it's like I remember, you know, back in the like the long, long time ago when I was in college or whatever, and like dating, and people would say, "Well, like, well, don't text them back." And so then, like, <laughs> you have to be like, you have to be like unavailable and stuff. And so you'd like try, and be like, "Okay, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to send it. I'm not going to." But you're actively, you're forcing it. Like that's not your energy. Your energy is not truly le- letting back and relaxing into it. You're forcing yourself not to do it to appear that way. And I think people do that in spiritual seeking. You know, they're like meditating, like I don't need to be aware. It's okay. I don't want anything. And then, they're, but they know <laughs> yeah. in their mind, they're like, yes. "Where is it? Where is that thing?" You know, like so that true. underlying thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't yeah. force it. Yeah, I, I would describe that as is it goal oriented? Because yes. with the texting thing, for example, you you have this goal, whatever yeah. it is in your mind of, oh, I want them to like me more, whatever. And that's that's driving the actions because you have mm-hmm. this image of the goal in mind. Being yeah. is kind of the opposite of that, really. Is There's no goal. There's no, the, the, the only goal is to experience now because yes. that's all there is anyway. So Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's so funny. Like when you initially had asked me about this podcast, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with that I don't know I don't really have a goal I didn't put this out and say I'm gonna get a hundred thousand followers and I'm gonna interview all the greatest minds I'm just like I'm gonna explore and do this thing and see what happens and that's my motivation for it and then if I feel like oh I would like to explore something else I'll explore something else and I'm just really in this flow state of curiosity Hmm. that will lead me wherever it leads me and that's totally okay and it's mm. it's funny because I've had more than one person be very surprised at that answer and extremely perplexed on <laughs> why this makes no sense. And I'm like, well, none of it really makes sense when you get down mm. to it. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't matter what you plan or what you think is going to happen. And one of my favorite questions to ask people is, if you if you were to have told gone back, if you could, if you would have gone back five years ago and told yourself where you would be right now would you have believed yourself and probably not most people say oh no way and so i say okay so and with that context five years from now you Mm -hmm. cannot even imagine or fathom what your life will look like because Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have even believed yourself then no matter where it goes you wouldn't you would have never been able to imagine it so being open and this is my quantum stuff coming out now. It's like unlimited potential, unlimited possibilities, being open and, and aware that, that that is possible completely opens up your field to, to that and puts you in that zone of convergence every day. Like I, it's, it's, it's like, it's like finding the sweet spot, but not having to do anything. You know, you just, you're just in it. And, and it's not like, not like I don't have a thought that doesn't come up here and there, but the awareness of it dissipates Mm. and that root, the root is, is gone, you know? And like, Mm. 
I feel like for me, whatever happened was like somebody went in with like, you know, like, like whatever that weed killer is that kills everything and just like sprayed it all over my brain or something because it just, I don't, I feel like I didn't do anything. It just happened for me. And whether that's really, I mean, I've heard on other podcasts, people having similar experiences where things were just yeah. dissolved from them, yeah, none of their doing. Yeah. And that seemed to be my experience. Yeah. That's all I can I've speak been to. A, a spiritual junkie for like a couple of years now. I think I've got thousands of hours of videos. And um, one, one of the things you always see um, a, uh, it doesn't matter who it is. There's always a convergence of topics and there's, they're always saying the same thing just in different ways. And that gives you great confidence that actually, yeah, there is actually something here. My mind might be doubting every day about stuff and you get yeah. trapped in the, the person view of, well, maybe they're just better at doing this stuff than I am or and I'm not deserving yeah. of it or whatever. But there was um, a teacher that said once, I wish I could remember who it was, but I loved it and I often repeat it, which is to say to someone, what was your biggest problem three problems ago? <laughs> oh i like that that's and really good people can't answer it was your biggest problem it was huge you know it was taking over <laughs> your whole life you know what was it oh, i don't know because it's almost like we orientate through life by the problems that we have that is true because when you ask somebody how are you the first thing mm -hmm. they do is tell you the problems yeah how are you oh this is going on that's going on you know they lead with it the question, the problems, how many problems ago? There's another one that's like, you can ask yourself, will this matter? You know, whatever your problem that you perceive, like, will this matter in like yeah. five minutes, five hours, five days or five years kind of thing. It's like yeah. the perspective of the size of the problem. I see it's probably something relevant to, to that. That really was quite profound the other day. And I was chatting to my friend about this and, and um, he was uh he's very uh very intellectual very much likes to kind of pick stuff apart and um we were talking about um the role of stories play in in influencing the mind basically mm. and, and influencing kind of your behavior and stuff and uh, he was saying so some, someone at work you know really doesn't like you or whatever and, and then you feel really bad about that and, and you're feeling really bad about that story they don't like you and I was like no because what is actually happening is is that you've got that story but the reaction isn't to the story the reaction mm -hmm. is to a future scenario of something you think the story will relate to so because they don't like me this means my future might look like this and when you look at that it's really startling because the central character in that future is always this fictional self there's always mm. this image so you yeah. have an image of what yourself is going to be like in the future as a result of this story going on at the moment mm -hmm. um, and that in my opinion is why the suffering dissolves when you see through the false self because you're like oh yeah it's just an image it's yeah. just a fictional image I tell people it's, it's all made up <laughs> yeah you're making it all up in your head which people is not like which is not just good <laughs> to say that like is not that. <laughs> that is not empathic that is not constructive not helpful so when you say how are you helping people this is where my words are not there yet because that's what i'm inclined to tell people at the moment which is not yeah not very helpful i mean i i, yeah. I get it because we're still you know we're we're human we do the same people do the same yeah. thing with the what ifs you know and they they will correlate until they get to the root is what's happening. They're 
they're correlating, correlating, correlating. Because you're talking about this example, somebody doesn't like you at work. That could trigger some childhood thing of like, well, I'm not good enough because mm-hmm. everyone needs to like me at work because I need to do a good job and I have to be somebody. And then, oh my God, I could lose my job. Because somebody mm-hmm. told me, one of my friends the other day, that she was scared of losing her job every day. And I was like, mm-hmm. why? But there was no, she has no proof at all whatsoever. It's just this like irrational fear that something could happen. And maybe she's on LinkedIn seeing all the layoffs or something, but it was just this, yeah, yeah, this irrational fear. And and I say, so you go into work every day like that? (laughs) And we had a little mini kind of coaching session about it and tried to help her kind of reframe. And then she told me later, she said, you know, I went into work and it was like, I had a different job. Like I was a different person going in the perspective and i'm like isn't that wild that you went years feeling this way and all you had to do was make a tiny shift yeah and your whole life freaking changed yeah that that is that to me is that second voice so it's like the reason the illusion is so convincing and the attention keeps going to the mind in my opinion is there'd be a story but it's the emotional reaction to the story that grabs the attention but then it's like from kind of the body point of view, it's like, oh, I need to pay attention to this. It's almost as if you've got a heart murmur or some flutter, you know, your attention is immediately going to go to your heart and you're going to be like, oh, you know, you've got a stomachache or something. The attention's going there because it feels like it's needed extra attention. There's something wrong here. So it's like the, that's what's happening psychologically. It's like, oh, there's something wrong here. So your attention goes to the mind and to the thoughts and to mm. the emotions. It's, it's just all being driven by these feelings and thoughts. It's crazy, really. But Yeah. yeah. And, it, and the root, I think, in those situations are feeling broken. Yeah. Something's, something's wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the that. circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was something I highly related to before this. And I was much like every other seeker, you know, just kind of trying to like find the the magic thing. Mm-hmm. And before I went to LA for the shift experience, I was in a better, more surrendering place because up until about, you know, maybe a year ago, I was still, or maybe two years, I was still very like, you know, type A, get shit done, do all the stuff, like hyper overachiever. And I was very much a manifester, you know, like I could make anything happen, anything. I can make happen, make things happen for other people too. You tell me you want something, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it for you. I'll, I'll find a way, you know? And I, w- I was very much that person. And I didn't realize that in doing that, what I was doing was, was forcing. I had, I, okay, so my energy was very, was powerful, but in a forcing way. So it wasn't aligning me for my truth or my peace, but it was doing a lot of things. You know, I was doing a lot. It looked on the surface. Wow. Oh my God. You got so much going on. But when I shifted from manifesting to surrender mm-hmm. is like whole new ball game, whole new ball game, everything opened up and there was like spaciousness and openness and lightness and ease. There was no, like, I got to do this. Like even now I don't even tell myself I have to do anything. I'll write a to-do list and I'll say to do or not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm like, I don't really have to do any of this. (laughs) Everything is a choice and everything's a choice. And then when you make that choice, you, you just decide what, you know, I have to do the laundry. I mean, no, you don't, you you don't, you could just have dirty clothes for like two weeks and do them all at the end (laughs) of the month. I mean, whatever, like you do not have to, you could wear your clothes that you don't really like that much. 
No, you're choosing to do the laundry because you want to wear specific clothes that are dirty. You know, this is a choice you're making for you. So I see every choice as self-care, every choice, because every choice that you make is a decision that's going to affect your, affect you. Yeah. And it's all like love, even doing the dishes. I don't do the dishes because, oh my God, I got to do the dishes. It's like, well, I don't want to eat off a dirty plate. And this is just part of being human. So I'm going to choose, I'm choosing to spend my time doing the dishes And I feel like that's so empowering for humans to take ownership of that. And then like, at the same time, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not being forced. There's no, like, there's none of that forcing energy because people say all the time they have to do things. And that's another one that people don't like to hear. Well, no, you don't. (laughs) You're you're making up in your head. You don't have to do anything. (laughs) But yeah, it's that sense of like, you have to do something, which is also not true either you don't have to pay your rent you might not have a place to live but you're choosing that i choose to pay my rent or my mortgage because yeah. i like my house yeah. if you don't want to live in, you could you don't have to live in a house you could live in a van you could live in an rv you could mm-hmm. rent you could you could have all there are unlimited options and unlimited ways to live yeah. that and people do well i should i have to i need to and that's where it all comes back to you you know going in what does it mean to you are you yeah. doing this because someone else expects you to? Are you doing this because somebody else wants you to? Are mm-hmm. you doing this because you feel like you have to? Is it rooted in a fear? Or yeah. is this truly something you really want to do? And I think yeah. in in my life now, everything that I do is a choice that I intentionally choose. And I'm aware in those choices and just let them be. Like there's no meaning attached to the choice. Like, If I choose to um, eat McDonald's for breakfast, or if I choose to have oatmeal, there's no meaning behind either of those. But I bet even saying that you put meaning on it before I even got to the end of the conversation. You already said, oh, oh, McDonald's bad. And oh, oatmeal is good. And why would you? That's a bad choice. Like, no, do you see that story? How fast you can get in the story? And all I have to do is say, well, I just felt like McDonald's today. I'm going to have McDonald's. And that's it. There's nothing to it. But the more you build yourself up, could you imagine if I did that and then all day long I beat myself up? Oh God, I shouldn't have had the McDonald's. It was so bad and I'm sluggish and I don't feel good. And then you got the story and then your whole freaking day is ruined over this story about this one choice that you decided you were going to create a, what do you call it? Like a brain, a brain, brain, whatever. And that's one small example, but people do it about everything, everything. Yeah. You drop the story, yeah. drop, drop the attachment, drop the connection, be attached, be aware of yeah. your like aware of your choices make conscious decisions make choices that align and even if i make a choice that i go you know what this isn't the best choice for me but i'm aware of that and i'm doing it consciously i'm consciously doing something that that i know may not be best for me but i'm willing to to make that sacrifice and i'm willing to do this yeah. you know and then, and then there seems like there's a conflict in that in that oh hang on a minute, there's no doer but I think the the understanding is that um and this is the power of awareness really isn't it it's just you're bringing it into awareness you're bringing all parts of yourself into awareness and yeah. in that there's a there's a flow because that's essentially you know how the how the mind is working it's it's aware of all its inner workings and it's coming to an equilibrium and it's just a, a much easier way of being Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drop the shit. <laughs> yes. I always tell people stop shitting yourself. And it's 
shitting it. Should yeah, stop <laughs> shitting it. Yeah, 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 got it. Yeah, yeah I don't. Um, yeah, I, I do not use the word should in my vocabulary anymore. It's a, it's gone. I just don't say it. And if I and if my mind or my mouth says that word, I instantly go to where did that come from? Well, this has been awesome. I really like chatting with you. Yeah. And that's it for part two. Thank you so much for listening, for being the being that you are. And hopefully maybe you'll come back and listen to another one that is in the works. Like subscribe, all that kind of all that kind of stuff. And we will see you next time with unlimited possibilities and potential. See you later.